know, if you send your kids to a public school, it's a religious school. Um, and there's, there's no difference because, you know, it's just that that religion is, you know, humanism. Hi, I'm Evelyn Ray. Welcome to The Cauldron Pool Show. Really excited about today's episode. We're talking all things education. This is for your kids. This is for parents. This is for families. This is for people who haven't even had kids yet who might be considering what they want to do in the future with their children if God blesses them in that area. But I'm joined with Kay O'Neill. He is the founder of Kingdom Thinkers Academy and he's the co-founder of iProject International. And I'm really excited to pick his brain here today and I thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Now, we spoke a little while ago, um, I'd say about a year ago now, um, but it was on an Instagram live. It was very informal, but it was sort of around the time when there are a lot of parents who were out there looking for solutions and what to do with their kids. A lot of families were forced to home educate because of the lockdowns. And a lot of parents were sort of scratching and pulling out their hair going, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you also had a lot of parents who said, I feel emboldened now, I feel confident now, and this is where I want to go. And you offered a service or your expertise um, through Kingdom Thinkers Academy. We had a great conversation about um, education, specifically Christian education. But before we sort of dive into all of those nuts and bolts, I was really hoping you could, for the audience, people who might not know who you are, who weren't present during that last live that we did, explain who you are what your background is with teaching and what sort of led you to start up uh, Kingdom Thinkers Academy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I grew up in uh, Cronulla, which is a southern town of Sydney um, on the shores there. And, um, you know, growing up, I was put through the public school system um, and all in all had a, you know, relatively um, great experience. You know, I had great friends and um, people that you know I connected with and are still friends with today. Um, so my my sort of entry into the world of Christian education came much later in my life. But um, I, I grew up in the Shire, went to school there. Um, I actually played in a band for ten years um, called New Empire. We were able to travel around Australia and the world um, for that period of time. And teaching was something that I picked up. Um, I, I guess towards the beginning of the band sort of taking off and doing its thing. Um, and the good thing about the teaching profession um, was, you know, casual work at that time um, is something that you could essentially pick and choose. And I had the freedom to be able to work in a whole range of schools um, across Sydney while still um, playing music. So it worked as the best kind of, um, you know, way to still earn some money, you know, band that's up and coming, um, you know, you've got to work really hard and it's not like, you know, <laughs> people, you're on a wage and so forth. So teaching provided a really good um, way to continue um, me fulfilling my career in music. Um, and then once the band finished up, um, we actually, uh, we did a final tour and it wasn't until then that I actually decided, okay, well, I should go full time into teaching now. The, the music thing's finishing up and I have a lot more time to focus in on education and refine my skills as an educator um, that way. So, um, you know, it was, I felt like I was very, I was quite late to the world of a regular full-time job in a sense, but I, I spent probably 10 years um, or maybe just shy of 10 years of actually working in a whole range of different schools from kindergarten to year six, 
um, seeing how they did things, looking at curriculum. Um, so it allowed me to get a really good scope of what's out there and how things are done, um, which then, you know, when I entered the full-time, I guess, format of teaching, um, you know, give, give me a better understanding of, um, you know, how things possibly should be done um, and what's actually, you know, potentially not beneficial for the kids. Um, so a, a bit of a different way into full-time education, but nonetheless, it um, certainly provided me with, I think, the skills and outlook that have helped me to this point. Mm. And so at what point did you, um, so for people who might not know, let's go back to the very beginning, Kingdom mm -hmm. Thinkers Academy. Can you give people an idea on what that actually is? You, you mm -hmm. were the founder of that and just kind of um, what you're offering and what your services are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, towards the end of last year, um, you know, it was quite a tumultuous time for a lot of teachers. Um, but I'd had this idea for Kingdom Fingers Academy for a number of years um, prior to beginning it. And I thought that one of the ways that I, it could have rolled out um, would have been within schools because it originally sort of started as an idea about how we could um, develop a framework for students to learn a biblical worldview in Christian schools. Um, and so I thought that may have been the way that it was introduced. Um, and a lot's changed since then. So I decided to, you know, take it on the road <laughs> per se um, and start it myself. And um, to, to date, the current framework exists. Um, schools have the option of adopting the themes that I've developed into their school curriculum. Um, but I'm also been developing 10 week courses for families that are choosing um, to homeschool. Um, and essentially they're able to pick and choose different themes and topics and areas that they might not have access to or might be looking to attain. So um, it's been great to, you know, connect with um, particularly one other curriculum writer that actually lives in Melbourne and she's been instrumental in developing the first few courses that um, have gone live. And so we've collaborated together based on the framework that I created. Um, and the first one's titled Made in His Image. And um, I think that now more than ever, that particular concept for kids, you know, is probably the, the most under attack um, understanding that, you know, is happening across schools. Um, so it was great to be able to work with um, the curriculum writer and put together something that essentially will gear parents and give them the tools that they need to allow children to understand the truth about these issues because, um, you know, it's under attack. It's getting pretty dark out there. And I, I think parents are looking for just those, those basic back to basic type courses that are going to teach their kids the truth um, and not let the government school system get in there first. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's becoming more and more difficult, I think, particularly for Christian families to send their Christians um, to the public school systems. You know, I think you and I probably grew up in a different er era where it wasn't as bad. I mean, sure, like some of the worst things I uh, became aware of happened at school in the quadrangle. Like, let's face it, you, you know, you can't escape it. 
but I do think it has been a very quick and rapid rate of degeneracy, how quickly it's happened and, and especially how quickly it's happening in our schools. So I think that um, homeschooling and Christian education, whether it be a Christian school or through homeschooling is certainly um, one of the only safe options in 2022. Um, and you know, I, I'm grateful for people like yourself who are offering that. I think there's a big misconception, and you might be aware of this as well, around Christian education in that a Christian school, um, it's very secular, except for like maybe one or two periods of scripture or Bible study. But um, it's not really in the framework of the curriculum in other areas, um, you know, the biblical worldview aspects. And so um, essentially what you're offering um, is, is probably part of that, how it's incorporated into maths and science and biology and, um, you know, English. It's, 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 it's everywhere. Um, and that's what a Christian education is. But just for the people who are tuning in who might not really be aware, um, when you say a biblical worldview or a Christian education, what exactly is it that you're referring to and I guess that you would be offering as well with your academy? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it comes down to this. It's actually very simple. Um, a Christian education or a biblical worldview basically starts from God's word. Um, and in, in the world in general, I think, you know, society can be broken down into um, two areas of belief. There's man's word and then there's God's word. So Christian education, um, what I believe about it, it, essentially as a starting point begins with God's word and everything filters through that. Um, because as, as we have seen in society, when the foundations are taken, I mean, anything is is you know, permissible. I mean, morality is sort of this subjective term now um, that, you know, it's just sort of been unleashed and it's sort of whatever feels right, do it type mentality. Whereas um, a Christian education holds to God's truth and God's word being how we um, perceive the world, how we understand it. Um, and it's like I said, it's the starting point. So we're not, when we approach these different topics within the curriculum, um, you know, Traditionally, even Christian schools might start with English and think, okay, we need to cover this, this, and this, um, but not really think about how that's incorporated into God's world. Um, my idea of Christian education and many others that are, are doing the same thing understand that, well, when we start from Genesis, um, that essentially gives us the roadmap about how to address um, a whole range of topics, you know, whether it's to do with geology, whether it's to do with sexuality, um, space, those big questions that, you know, kids are being forced to, um, you know, wrestle with. Um, so essentially, and it's giving them the tools. I think that a lot of um, Christian schools have, have failed in their ability to prepare students for the world. Um, and so, you know, part of a, a good Christian education, and there's lots of different models and methods and um, I, I mentioned this in the Instagram live that I don't believe that there's one right way to do it, um, but there are certain principles within it that should be adhered to for children to feel prepared. And, that, and a part of it is reasoning, critical thinking um, and teaching kids, um, you know, how to think about things. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, 
that the, I mean, God tells us that our faith is a reasonable faith. He wants to reason with us. Um, but today reason's gone out the window. It's sort of like, you don't question anything. You just believe it. Um, and so part of my philosophy and what's motivated me with kingdom thinkers has been, how can we teach kids how to think about these things? Because um, when they have those skills, they're going to be much more prepared for the world that awaits them, whether that's, you know, they, if they choose to go to university, um, enter the workforce, um, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more um, tangible around us. Like it's like these themes and these things that are happening in the world, you only have to go to the coffee shop to hear, you know, something. Whereas mm. I feel like in the past, you know, these issues weren't as in your face, you know, you're paying homage to the latest, you know, woke ideology that's floating around, um, you know, by just going to the shopping center. So, you know, for kids, they need to know how to, defend their faith and have the tools to do so. Mm. I think you hit the nail on the head and I've seen this like with my own experience in school and I've seen it with family and friends is that the education system used to be a place where children would go and they would be taught how to think like you mentioned using logic using reason and then using all of those skills to you know, and discernment wisdom all those things to come to a rational conclusion about a particular subject it's not shielding children from certain things like evolution or you know sexuality it's not shielding them from that and saying you can't handle this it's teaching them how to handle those things how to critically analyze those things and so you don't actually hold anything back or or sort of, you know, um, hide or, or make anything a secret. Everything's out in the open, but you give children the, the right skills, especially the biblical skills to work through those things. And I think it was Doug Wilson. He does a lot of classical education. He has, I think it's the School of Logos over in um, Idaho. Um, and he was, he sort of goes on that very classical education sort of spectrum. And he talks about logic and reason and all these things. But he said that, you know, in his classroom, um, you could ask any of his students who's read about Darwinism, who's read about evolution, who's read all these books, all of these Christian children can put their hand up and say, I've read it. I've actually read it. But if you go into a secular school, a school that isn't built on a biblical basis, and you say to the kids in the classroom, who's read the actual book, you know, from, you know, about Darwinism and about all these things, none of them could put their hand up, yet they believe those things. And it, he was sort of putting the emphasis on in the Christian school, we're not hiding it. They can read all about evolution. That's great. But we're also going to hold a Bible in one hand and that textbook in the other. And then we're going to use logic and reason and biblical understanding to come to conclusions. So I really like that way of education. I think that, as you said before, it's something that's really lacking in our current education system. And it is, like you said, failing our children. I mean, how many children do you know when they finish school understand the difference between the upper house and the lower house in parliament or what superannuation or taxes are or how to what what sort of preference preferential voting is in australia i don't think kids understand those skills i think these are you know <laughs> unfortunately the schoolroom and the classroom has become a hub for political activism as opposed to education that's it's harsh but it's probably true and i wanted to ask you about that you were in and out of many different schools like you mentioned 
what did you see? Like, what was some of the problems that you identified in the school system when you were sort of in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the most recent, I guess, warning sign that I encountered um, was to do with a particular school framework, um, or it's, it's an organisation based in Europe, and it's called the International Baccalaureate. Um, and basically, they're spread out across the globe. Um, the US government school system has largely adopted a lot of the framework and themes that they've developed. Um, but in Australia, it's actually a framework that has been adopted by the private schools, um, which is interesting. There's a private school thing here. It's sort of seen as the, you know, if you've got an IB badge on your school, oh, that's wow. Public school system in America, though, and the private schools don't really interact mm. with it so much. So that's an interesting dynamic. But what I noticed with that is um, that that's been a way for um, the United Nations and those bodies to actually infiltrate the curriculum in schools because that particular framework and themes that have been developed come straight from the UN playbook about how we can be, you know, the right type of global citizen in their eyes. Mm. So, you know, on the issues of climate change, um, gender equality um, and, and things that are heavily politicised, that's how they've been able to get into the school system and begin to shape how students are viewing the world. And so, you know, my experience in that, the private system, seeing what was happening through many of the schools within Sydney um, agitated me because I, I, I was able to recognise how well they were doing at it, um, that, you know, children were creating projects or doing these big investigations into some of those areas that I was looking at. But it was based on what, you know, the UN's perception of those issues were. Um, and, and these are, are Christian schools per se, mm. um, but, you know, there was a complete disconnect from, well, what does God's word say about it? Um, if we're sort of, you know, a Christian school, but we're adopting the beliefs and ideas um, and politics of, you know, these bodies internationally, um, it, it didn't didn't sit right. And so it, it, I guess, sparked a bit of a fire within me to think, okay, how can, what could I develop in a similar sense that shapes children's worldview starting with the authority of god's word um and like i said it's very simple it's it's either man's word or god's word there's no you know um neutrality within schools anymore you know if you send your kids to a public school it's a religious school um and there's there's no difference because you know it's just that that religion is you know humanism or it's it's teaching them you know something else that has developed through another way of thinking that's contrary to what we learn about um, in the Bible. It's so true. Every society, every group of people, every organization adheres to a religion. They do. You're 100% right. Um, it doesn't have to be Christianity, but it can be humanism, secularism. It can be narcissism. Some people love themselves, like, and that becomes their religion, their God, their idolatry, like, you know, and I think everybody has a theology as well. And that's something that is really important to note that, 
you know, I always say my theology is what determines my vote. And people say, well, you can't mix church and state. I'm like, that's not what church and state is. It's a very different thing. But I say, everybody has theology. Theology is your understanding of God. My understanding of God is, you know, the one true God, uh, Christian um, religion. But a lot of people's theology is either they don't believe in God and they're their own God or this is their God. Everybody has a theology. Everybody is bound to a religion in some way or another. Um, so I totally agree with what you said. Like whether you're in a Christian school, secular school, there is a religion no matter where you go. It just depends on which one's going to be there and um, which one is lauded over the other one. Um, but, you know, what do you think? Like we're obviously in some, we're in a really difficult position now, especially um, for parents who might be feeling overwhelmed with, I guess, becoming aware of the state of the education system. And I know a lot of people who don't want their kids in the public schools or the Christian um, schools, but they just feel a little bit lost and they're a little bit scared and overwhelmed at the thought of having to homeschool. And I think it's built into us, I would say almost intentionally, to tell people that they're incapable of doing it when in fact we are, historically speaking, the school is a, is a modern thing. Um, it's not, it's not a historical thing. And schools back then were more of a mentorship. You might have one adult with two or three younger persons that they're sort of mentoring like proteges, like but schooling is a relatively new sort of thing that came about, I guess, um, when the job situations and occupational systems sort of changed, it kind of fit in there. But anyway, I'll, I'll digress. But my point is a lot of people are scared to homeschool. A lot of families want to, but don't know how to or, or where to even begin. What sort of advice would you give those families, those mothers, those fathers who are in that position? And what would you say to them um, if they asked you how they could combat those issues? Yeah. There, well, I, I would firstly start by saying there's never been a better time to homeschool than right now. Um, and I say that because there are more and more opportunities and, I guess, alternate ways that you can homeschool. I mean, a lot of families um, that I have spoken to or heard about, you know, I, I don't think it's this, this is how you homeschool. I think there are many different variations of homeschooling whether you know you opt to have kids join um, a bit more of a blended model where they might be spending time online with other kids in you know um, like a zoom sense like we are um, and then might also be connected with a local community of homeschooling families where they're able to interact and um, spend time that way um, there's some families that the parents choose to say you know what we're going to invest and whether one of them or two of them, depending on the work situation, um, you know, spend the time teaching the kids. Some families opt to have somebody like myself sort of share that role and essentially, you know, the, the kids learning from home, they play a role. I check in once or twice a week um, and assist them with certain concepts that they might be struggling with. Um, so there's not one way to do it. I think the freedom that homeschooling provides um, is what is making it so attractive today and particularly in light of how you know education has changed since COVID it's um, I, I praise God for that opportunity that parents now are taking back control they're one they may have been 
asleep to what was actually being taught to their children and starting to, um, you know, take some responsibility in that area because, you know, for, for Bible believing Christians, I mean, it, we believe that we are to train our children in the way that they should go. Um, and, you know, I think with the state of the school system, it's becoming more and more paramount that parents actually homeschool or look for ways to have them interacting um, and being taught by the values that, you know, scripture um, holds to. Um, but it's, there's lots of ways. I think it would be worthwhile for families to, you know, reach out to myself. I can certainly point you to services and particular curriculums that might suit your circumstances. So um, it, it's kind of like if I was to describe homeschooling, I mentioned it before we started recording was it's like oh, the homeschooling aisle has so many opportunities. So it's kind of like shopping. You can go down and pick what interests you and what's going to suit your current circumstance. Um, and so, you know, and I'd also say to families, um, as long as you can stay one page ahead of your child, you can homeschool. Um, you don't have to be an expert teacher, trained and have degrees. Um, you can just stay that one page ahead um, and know full well what they're learning, how they're learning. Um, and it's actually, I think parents are enjoying, as hard as it is, it's, it's tough, it's hard work, but it's also the fulfillment of knowing and watching your child grow um, in an environment that, you know, you'll prove of is, I think, the most rewarding thing. And obviously the time that you get to spend with your children, um, you never get that time back. So I think parents are enjoying that that's now possible. Um, mm. And like I said, so many ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not one shoe fits all, which is mm -hmm. very much the school system. You've mm -hmm. seen, I had Rod Lampard on here, I mentioned to you before, and um, he's a homeschool dad and his, one of his daughters was having a really difficult time. And she's a very intelligent girl, incredibly smart, bright, beautiful Christian uh, woman. And yeah, she was struggling because she didn't fit into the box that the school created for her. Um, and so he he really liked the homeschooling for the individualism. Um, and I think that it's fantastic for that. Um, I'm hearing so many things from parents over the last couple of years with COVID saying, I had no idea that my kids were learning this in school. But because they're at home and the parents are able to have more of an authority over their kids' education, more of an interest, um, whether it be forced interest or, or, or not, but they're, they're, it's it's there they're going wow I can't believe this is being taught to my kids and so a lot of parents are taking back that responsibility because they were so shocked with what their kids are learning or not learning in school um, and you know I think that with a lot of awareness going on um, and a lot of people sort of I guess seeing it for what it is and being forced to see it for what it is it will make homeschooling more appealing and as you said i love that analogy it's a shopping aisle and you can go and just pick what you want from the shelves and pick what suits your family your family's needs and you know i understand that um we're in a really hard position as well in australia in especially with our real estate options it's we're very expensive our cost of living over here so i understand a lot of families have set themselves up to only be able to function with two adults working from the home uh like for like you know to be able to provide for a mortgage and so i feel i feel for those families who are in that position who want to be able to do this and i hope and pray they can figure things out so that this is possible for them as well but um you know i i hope there's a lot of reformation in 
in schooling and education for our kids sake um, and for future generations. But I wanted to delve into your second project that you were a co-founder for, iProject International. I'd love to sort of hear uh, what that is. Like you've got Kingdom Thinkers Academy, which you founded, which we sort of went into and you sort of explained what what you provide. What's this other one that you've now co-founded? Yes. So iProject International is a personalised online project-based solution for children's education. So it essentially um, is guided by the project-based learning model, um, which focuses on, you know, looking at, well, what's the bigger picture in terms of what do we want to create or what could we build um, as a project and then build, you know, all the other key learning areas together within that to, to you know, understand um, different applications and processes and things that, that um, our kids need to learn. Um, and, it, and again, it came out of, um, it was birthed out of, I guess, again, a family's particular need for their children um, that wasn't being met in the school system. Um, and this particular family, um, you know, very entrepreneurial. They love the idea of innovation and um, critical thinking and independence. Um, and so myself and Brody, um, my colleague, um, essentially created this service for a particular family. It's how it started um, based on those principles. And so we, we would essentially meet, we met with the kids and we would talk about their interests, their gifts, their talents. Um, and we, we essentially formulate um, projects tailored to what they want to learn about and, you know, um, build essentially. And it, and it could be related to one day possibly launching their own business, um, wanting to learn more about songwriting or the music industry. Um, maybe they want to get into the IT world. So it's, it's almost like, I feel like it's kind of like TAFE in a way. You sort of go and learn these real world practical skills, but it's for kids. Um, and so it's been really exciting to work, um, you know, with Brody and with other families developing these skills that, like you said, aren't being taught to kids in, in, the, in the traditional schooling system. Um, so, for example, one of my recent projects was focused around, um, we called the project Language and Lyrics. And we embedded the poetry side of the curriculum um, and combined that with the songwriting and how similar they actually are. Um, and essentially, the student wrote a song, um, wrote the lyrics for a song, and we had it recorded by a professional musician. And so now the student has a song they developed and um, created a song art cover for it um, and is now understanding what you could do with that. You know, what are the avenues to earn money from releasing songs or even just songwriting. Um, so, you know, the students quite young, but very talented in that area. Um, and so for them, it was a great opportunity to, you know, pursue that and um, really, I guess it, it really target what, what their interests um, were. Um, and we continue to develop projects. Um, we move on to a new topic that they'd like to cover. So again, it's, all about providing that personalized education um, with a focus on entrepreneurial, um, you know, ways of doing things, how to be, you know, innovative. And, you know, when they're faced with a challenge, how do you respond? You know, I think all of those enterprise skills that are largely missing from the school system, iProject aims to, you know, instill that into 
um, the learning and yeah, give them something at the end of it that they'll have for life. Um, you know, whether it's a digital product or it's a, um, a physical product, um, they're the skills that we believe are going to, you know, set them up to be independent thinkers and learners, you know, into adulthood. So it's an exciting venture. Yeah, sounds really good. I was going to ask you, do you have an example of what one of the projects was? And that music one is pretty amazing. Um, I think that's incredible. I, I like the individualism of it all. I, my younger brother is one of the most intelligent guys. I've, like he's one of those genius people that could be a brain surgeon, but he chose to be a tradie. And he's like, so he's very good, but um, he's, he's a genius. But in kindergarten, um, they wanted to repeat him because he wasn't able to read as quickly as they would have liked. And my parents are scratching their heads going, but he's actually really smart. What's going on? Um, and he was taught different, a different phonetic system than something. And they ended up changing schools who had a different phonetic system at the time or way of teaching. And he just picked up reading immediately. Um, but his specific skills are very engineering, very mathematical, very things like that. And as he got older, he went, he left and went to TAFE and went and did all those things. And it was very specific for him and it was really good. But yeah, kids aren't really afforded that individualism these days in schools. If you can't read like this, well, you must be dumb. You must be stupid. We, we need to repeat you in, but I like the idea of finding what your kid is good at and encouraging them to do it well. Obviously, it doesn't mean you ignore where there's a, a deficit somewhere. Like, obviously, you, you need to be able to do basic skills, but I don't think there's anything wrong with honing in on things that people are good. What about artists, cartoonists, drawers? Like, they might be amazing at that skill, but they might not be very good at writing an essay. It doesn't mean they're stupid. And I think that, unfortunately, a lot of kids grow up with insecurities and self-esteem issues and lack of confidence because they don't fit in the box that schools provide, um, which is really sad because they could really grow into these adults that are so affluent in society and who really benefit society. Um, that's why I think tradies are so few and far between these days because they were almost told, oh, tradies, what dumb people do, guys that drop out of school, when in fact, tradies are, one, are probably one of the most important things that we have to keep our, our society functioning. If you're good with your hands, you're good at maths, you're good at logic and you can figure things out, engineering, like you should hone in on that skill and that should be something that we uphold. And so I like that that's what your project does. I think that's really exciting. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, how do people, so if, if people want to get involved with Kingdom Thinkers Academy or even this iProject um, International, where do, how would they get involved in this? Or, you know, if parents are sort of on the cusp not knowing what to do and they just want to have a chat to see whether it fits, where would they go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so parents could log on to kingdomthinkersacademy.com um, and you can contact me there um, through a number of ways, but there's a little message box there that um, you can send me a message, tell me the situation, like, I, like we've been talking about, every family circumstances are different. And, you know, I'm everyone that has reached out to me, their situation is different. So like I said, they're wanting different things. Um, and, you know, it's good that myself and others that are working in this field can you know, do our best to um, provide, you know, the service to your needs. Um, and iprojectinternational.com, um, if you're interested in an approach 
approach to learning that is based on project-based learning and honing in on individual talents and skills um, of your child, um, you can contact us there. There's a message box there that you can fill in your details and, um, you know, begin a conversation. And I think that's, that's what's been um, really, I think it's been great to see that happening, that, that conversations are starting with families um, in the homeschooling world because, you know, overseas, obviously the US, big homeschooling population, but that's also grown from 2 to 3% a number of years ago to post-pandemic 11% of primary or school-aged children are now being homeschooled so it's happening globally um, and the fact that it's happening here and parents are dipping their toe in the water and sort of getting becoming familiar with homeschooling not as this you know and I grew up around this that homeschooling is sort of this sheltered community of people that don't have any social skills and you know, no one really talks to them. It's becoming more modernized. It's a normal way of doing life. And I think parents are realizing that it's actually possible. You know, you we can do it. Technology is providing means. Um, and I always say, you know, let's do it. Let's make most of the um make the most of the technology while we can and and you know begin a new generation of students and, and kids that are actually going to you know, make a difference for all the right reasons um, and not grow up towing the line to, you know, a political agenda. I think it's very important. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where, you know, the, the days are long, but the years are short. That's always the advice I've been given about, you know, kids and stuff like that, that you might think in the moment, this is really hard and this is long and tiring, but it goes by so quickly and it's the most important years of a child's life. Um, you know, I think there's a saying out there and there's also evidence to sort of show if you haven't won the loyalty of your kid by the time they turn five, they're probably going to find their loyalty in their peers or through other things in their schooling and you don't have as much respect or authority over them as in their development as, as a person. So it's super important that we pay attention to our kids um, in these precious vulnerable years of their lives um but where where to from here like is there have you got any future endeavors that you want to do with kingdom thinkers academy and i project international um are you happy with where it is or are you looking to expand even more as time goes yeah, on? yeah i think um inevitably in any business you know it, it, growth is can be a really good thing so i think in time um with more families coming on board and, and requiring the services for either King of Thinkers Academy or our project international, um, you know, it would be great to have teachers and educators um, that have this, that share similar beliefs and values around education, join the team. Um, and, you know, even after our first conversation last year, um, I had a number of people reach out that were interested in, um, you know, working alongside what we were doing, which was great. Um, and so I think, Gradually, you know, I, I'm praying that it continues to grow and um, that my capacity in terms of hours and one-to-one, -one, um, you know, I, I will say at this point, fairly full. So I think if, you know, come the, the day that um, more students come on board, I'm going to have to start looking at hiring other people to, um, to help with that need. Um, so definitely, you know, looking to take it, you know, not only for Australian families, but um, we have, I have fam a family overseas that are receiving an education through um, what we're doing here with iProject International. 
you know, Kingdom Thinkers is servicing families across Australia, which has been great. Um, and, you know, again, I, I get a little window into what they have been learning in schools, um, which is more fuel to be doing what we're doing because um, kids will just say it. They'll usually just tell you what's going on. Um, and even if they are still in a, in a, in a public school system, um, I'm tutoring those kids too. So I think having just those connections and families talking and that's that's how things are growing and moving. So, you know, look after Australia and, um, you know, if families overseas want this service, then, you know, we can, we can be anywhere. So um, it's exciting times just to be kind of in this space knowing that there is a need for it. Um, and I like that my my businesses that we're running now are growing um, alongside other businesses I know that are doing really well and um, giving an option. It's all about giving parents that choice in education um, because, you know, I think government officials and the, the education system currently are aware of that um, and around the world, they're not too keen on what's been happening. Um, but I'm, I'm very passionate about continuing this mode. I think parents deserve that choice and should have the option to teach the kids how they want to, how they want them taught. Mm, yeah, definitely. And if you could give, as we close now, if you could give parents um, any advice or any last words of wisdom um, about their child's education, what, what would you say? What would you want to say to them? Mm. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, for, you know, Bible believing Christians, I think the understanding that it's the responsibility of the parent to educate their child first and foremost. Um, I would say don't let the schools do that pivotal role for you um, because of how much, I guess, intensity there is around, you know, younger children. I feel like it's getting younger and younger that these particular ideologies that are extremely dangerous are being introduced to children. So I would. I would encourage parents to think about their responsibility with, you know, educating their children in truth um, with, with God's word as the starting point um, because, you know, the world seems to be getting crazier and crazier. So um, I would yeah, encourage them to take responsibility for it. It's something that you will never regret this time. Like you said, goes very quickly um, and it's, you know, one of, if not the most important investment that you will make for your children or child. Hmm. I think that, you know, it's one of those things that you, you'll never look back and regret being more involved in your kids' lives, but you will always look back and regret not being more involved in their lives. And so I think, you know, parents have got to, you know, um, take that into perspective when they're making the decisions. And as I said, one shoe doesn't fit all. There are circumstances out of control, like I mentioned, and I, I really feel for families in those situations who don't at this present moment have a choice in terms of where their kids are going. But I do hope that, you know, little tangible practical steps can be taken, even if it is just doing 
you know, a project, a biblical one. And, and as you said just then, parents taking responsibility for their kids' education, however that translates in real life, that's the most important key thing um, for any parent to have. But I thank you for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'd love to hear from you again in the future to see how it's all going. And I'm going to be praying for you and uh, you, you know, the people that you're working with that God's, um, you know, this is all done for his glory and for his kingdom. And um, yeah, incredibly grateful for what you're doing and I uh, hope it, I hope it goes really well and all blessings to you. Yeah. Thank you, Evelyn. It's, um, it's an absolute honor to be on the show. I love Cauldron Paul. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I regularly tune into the other um, shows that you have released. Um, and so, yeah, I just pray that you guys are, continue to grow as well with all the various formats that you're now available on. I just think it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, thank, thanks for the opportunity to come on and chat.